This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know that guy? <laughs> I know all those people. <laughs> What's, What's up, up Dublin? Dublin? Hi. What do you have in your face? I didn't finish my mint. Oh, shit. So sorry. Start over, start over. It's, it's for, for you. Me. It's for you. Oh, can I? Oh, I don't know. Hi, this is our second night of our, our big tour over here. And this is so cool. You guys are so pretty. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Karen doesn't think so. <laughs> oh, man. So weird. Yeah, this is a weird thing that we're doing. Uh, here's and... why, can I just say, here's why I like this country? Absolutely. Aside from this is where my people are. <laughs> and where my people were. Of course, my people is one lady yelling at the top of her fucking lungs. <laughs> that's my people. Um, you guys have a kind of cookie here that's covered in chocolate that you pretend is good for your health. <laughs> and I'm fucking all about that yeah. shit. I, I ate like six of them backstage. They're digestive. Like, They're so good for you. My God. They help you digest. I really need it. I'm yeah. really... I feel so bloated. You know, traveling. <laughs> I'm going to eat oh six my God. cookies. I need six more. <laughs> just get well, super I made, healthy. I've just eaten just like trash so far. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to eat healthy on this store so I don't feel like crap when I get back. It's not happening. Uh, this morning... I don't know if it's morning at 5 a.m. Is that what they call morning? This dawn. This dawn. Vince and I couldn't sleep, like, did the whole uh, jet laggy thing. And then, you know, we were both lying there quietly. And you're like, is he asleep? I don't know. And then you have to go, are you sleeping? <laughs> he was like, no. So we both get up and walk to fucking 24-hour McDonald's. Because it's the only thing open. It's an amazing American restaurant. If you haven't oh, been there. Try it. Oh, my God. They have... The dishes are incredible. Anyway. <laughs> We first we started. We got the starter of uh, sadness. And then we moved on to regret. And then we stayed up for like twelve more fucking hours. And that's how that went. Yeah, I've watched. Um, I've been up a lot, and I've watched a lot of television here. You guys seem to have game shows on all the time. And yeah, and I don't understand how they work. At I don't all. either. This is blue things, and you have to like step on them. Or not. <laughs> Is that one? Did you see that like one? The, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> Sounds like a Michael Jackson video. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, and then, of course, just tons of Law and Order, which is, I guess, an international sensation. 
you've always got a slice of home if you've got some Law and Order on RTE1 or whatever the fuck it is. Is that it? Yes. Is that it? See, we, we've studied the culture. See, we, we're absorbing your culture. McDonald's and RTE1. Right. It's great here. Um, and you're, you're getting uh, room service and, and people coming to your door that are Irish blokes, as well, they say. Thank you for setting me up so perfectly. There you go. That's what that. I do. This is how we do it. <laughs> uh, I bet there's people here that were here last night, right? Okay, pretend this is new. Don't, don't look at people next to you and be like, they did this last night. <laughs> this is all we have. Please. <laughs> We've been here for 48 hours. <laughs> um, so when we got here, as you know, there's a, a, a deathly heat wave hitting Ireland right now. <laughs> <laughs> that we are barely surviving. Like, just fucking... Um, and we talked about it a lot last night and then some sassy ass girl tweeted at us and was like, so two people from California can't deal with the Irish heat wave. (laughs) She's here. (laughs) I muted you. I was, no, I I really didn't, (laughs) but I was way nicer than I would have been conversationally because I was basically like, yeah, you guys don't seem to know about air conditioners, (laughs) which... So when I got to my hotel room, when we landed here, there was no air conditioning in my room. So it was like a little bit warmer inside than it was outside. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there, like just jamming on the thermostat, just like <clears throat> trying to make it go down. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And so, of course, I have to call down to have someone come up because I'm about to die um, <laughs> in my hotel room. So... I, and I'm convinced that those thermostats that they put on the walls at hotel rooms are just props. They're just mm-hmm. a piece of plastic with arrows up and down that and you're just a like video screen behind it, secretly <laughs> just watching idiot tourists. Everybody at the front desk laughing their ass off at you. <laughs> so I call down. I'm like, can someone please come up and adjust this before I fucking die? I'm ba- I'm middle aged. This can't stand. <laughs> I can't do it. And like three minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And when I opened the door, it was like a younger, hotter Gerard Butler. I I swear to God, where I was like covered in travel grease. I was like, it's like 18 hours of travel grease. Uh I was kind of like, it's really hot. Oh, fuck. It's you. It's you. It's you. Of all people. He, you're never on the postcard for Ireland. I've never seen none of my cousins look like this at all. I, uh, when, this morning when we were walking around and I was like, let's just do this, like, it's 9 a.m., which is not my time. Let's just do this stuff on the list that I want to do anyways. So we, we were told last night, I'm sorry, we were screamed at last night, <laughs> don't go to Boots, go to Pennies. So, so much better. Okay, so much better. Great. I need a black bra. I took mine off in the plane and fucking lost it. So <laughs> great. Let's do it. It like threw it out the window. Goodbye. <laughs> you know what I thought of after you told that story last night? What if there was a super creep that was sitting in a seat behind you <gasps> that saw it come off and was like, and what if that super creep behind me was And Here's your bra. It's so embarrassing. Uh, So we're trying to find fucking pennies and walking and everyone's going to work and they hate us because like we're two people in the road and like everyone hates two people in the road when they're going to work. You know what I mean? When you're trying Uh to walk around people and we have a fucking umbrella because it's raining and I just like feel like such an asshole tourist. Um, (laughs) So I couldn't find pennies because Yelp is a fucking idiot and it's wrong all the time. It's not my fault. 
So I, the sweet girl's walking by, and I, was it you? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We don't know if it was the person that walked by her or if someone just got strangled to death. Because that was the most unholy sound I've ever heard come out of anyone's mouth. That might have been a foot stomp. It could have been a, a foot stomp on accident. Someone, someone behind them. Well, she said to me, I go, this girl back me, here. Do you know, this girl said, it was, it was great. I'm not talking shit, I swear. Uh, I go, had she, is Penny's around? I thought it was, do you know how to get to Penny's? And she goes, she like, gives me a look and she goes, the, the, say, I, I can't say it in Irish. Try it, try it. Um, I had it in the hotel room and I can't say it now because you guys are staring at me. Don't look at me. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure. Um, no, I can't. Do it. Do an impression of I them to their her. face. Do it. But she says that Penny's a department store. Like I'm a, like I have something on my face and she, and, and she goes, sorry, tourists don't usually ask for that place. <laughs> And I was just like, looked at my clothes and like, how did you tell? Were you wearing your tall socks and your camera around your neck? Yeah, I had like a yellow uh, vest on, <laughs> reflector vest on, you know? Because you were there to help children cross the road? Yeah, I had a map out. Nice. We didn't go to Penny's. It just, uh, no. Great really? work. That bad? I should have gone? Shit. <laughs> yes, they're mad at me. <laughs> Everyone's mad at you. <clears throat> Was it really her? <laughs> okay, good, because she was a fucking cunt, you guys. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I have a question. <laughs> Do you think that you could succinctly explain how, why you made that noise then? Footstep? What'd she say? Brilliant. No. Brilliant. Great. Thank We're off you. to a great start, guys. Moving on. See, oh, we well. will pick on you if you're in the audience. <laughs> and you scream like you got stabbed in the back. <laughs> we'll definitely attack you for that. Uh, oh, we told the story last night, but when we came... This was actually the most beautiful welcome, I think, that we could have asked for. When we came through customs, um, the man in the, uh, behind the customs window uh, asked us the purpose of our visit, and then we had to say business, and then he asked us what our business was. And we have to talk about murder, and which is really fucking awkward. Trying to explain in a way that won't get us sent back yeah. home what our business is, and Georgia starts to explain it. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yes, there was an American lass come here, come through here on Friday. She told me all about it. <laughs> she was insane. <laughs> We're just playing. Oh, okay. I'm just going to fucking pick on all of you. Uh, and then... That girl screams again. <laughs> so I'm being slowly she attacked keeps... and no one's doing anything. <clears throat> and then uh, someone on their way over here had to tell their Uber driver what they were doing on like tonight. <laughs> yeah. And had and listen, we've all been there when we have to explain what it is and we've learned to say a true crime comedy podcast because you don't want the word murder in there with strangers. Yeah, but it sounds like this was a person that tweeted at us, tweeted this story, and it sounds like they had to use the word murder because then the cab driver said, Are you goths? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to ask, but I know that's her. We're all goths tonight, you guys. In a way. In a way, we're all goths. Um, we're going to pick on a guy. 
Should we pick on him? The guy. Do it. Okay. So, so some sweet guy here forgot, just missed dates, messed dates up. It was a bank holiday yesterday, and he didn't know that his tickets were last night, and that's a night, and I just, no, he's here. We got him in. It's fine. <laughs> but I want to make fun of him, because Vince and I were in bed last night, and he's like, do you want to get this guy in? He forgot, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're going to check and make sure it's legit, and I just like, yeah, but give us his fucking name, because <laughs> we're going to talk so much shit. And guess what his name is? Conan. Conan, you are you here? You have to stand for the whole show, Conan. Let's see you, Conan. Stand up, boy. Where are you? What if they didn't come? I can't see shit. Oh, there he is. He refuses to stand up. Maybe that's why you can't hear your date straight. You stand up right now, Conan. <laughs> oh, there he is up there. Okay. Thanks, Conan. Go sit in the corner of the stage. <laughs> Just slipped your mind? Not a big deal to you? Okay. Don't you hate that, though? Like, I can imagine his partner that we brought was, like, so disappointed in him and last, last. (laughs) Yes? Oh, she said yes. Somebody said yes. I can just imagine. Somebody out there's like, fuck yeah. Those, they were on the verge. And then he was like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to email the venue. Like, I'm freaking out. (laughs) I just love it. Someone help us, God. (laughs) Um... Um, let's see what else. I have something to, to read to you. Let's hear it. So we're walking around the city this morning, blah, blah, blah. Cafes start opening. A cafe called Meltdown puts out a sandwich board. You work there? Okay. <laughs> you live there. Then you know what this fucking cheese... But this, she's uh, seen it. She's seen Meltdown. It's her favorite. Yep. This, this is what they're... I almost sent you this photo. It's like, you know what's better? It's just to read it in front of a bunch of people who might not laugh at it the way I laugh at it. So this is what the... <laughs> Never give away okay, that you think right. they're not going to laugh okay. at something. That's guys, not your interest. This. We're not here for that. You're going to love this. Here's what, the, here's what the chalkboard said. You know the sandwich board? Yeah. Sweet dreams are made of cheese. <laughs> who am I to disagree... I cheddar the world and the feta cheese. <laughs> Everybody's looking, looking for Stilton. Stilton? Who fucking wrote that? <laughs> How gorgeous is that? Everybody's looking for Stilton. Like a fucking cafe after my own heart. That's, so it's a cheese-based cafe meltdown. <laughs> All cheese. Yeah, okay. I love it. Blah, 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 blah. Anything else? <laughs> oh, what about our clothes? Yeah, you, why don't you take a walk? Why don't you okay, my, show everybody? Europe, Euro tour. That's the one dress that we each have. We're only wearing this for the next eight days. Yeah. Mine already smells like Stilton, so it's going to be <laughs> I have, fascinating. Uh, jean and sock lines up my legs. Sure. What, let's talk about you. Wait, what color bra do you got underneath that dress? White. Yeah, that's right. The black one's gone. Yeah. Just be happy. <laughs> I go to pennies. Just be happy I'm wearing one. Uh, tell, tell We're us. so happy. <laughs> oh, well, I, mine has pockets. Really big, really big pockets. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Dublin. Thank you so much. I could fucking fit yeah. a, a whole wheel of Stilton in these pockets if I wanted. You probably have to cut it in half. That's, <laughs> that's really why I got this dress. Half and half. It's partly because... Uh, that it has the hugest pockets I've ever seen and then partly because it reminds me of the dress that Pat Benatar wears in the Love is a Battlefield video. I've been looking for that dress since I was 12 years old. 
I finally found it. I love that. Thanks. But the problem is I didn't bring a key piece with this dress. I wore this to the um, show that we did in L.A. together at the Orpheum. And, but except for that, I wore a slip underneath it because this is like a truly plunging neckline. Uh-huh. This is like... <laughs> My family would be horrified if they saw me right now, but I forgot the slip, and then I was just like, you know what? The girls are coming out for 2018. What can we do? I love it. And I love it there was never, like, a second, like, thought. You were just like, I didn't bring the slip, and it was just like, but I'm fucking wearing it. This is Europe. (laughs) They love tits over here. Tits out. Tits out. Oh, speaking of, this is my favorite murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. That's Karen Kilgariff. That's Georgia Hartstark. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you should take that shirt off. Steven's not here. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was... No, Steven. No, Sorry. Steven. He, sure. My cats aren't going to fucking watch themselves. Yeah. Even though cats absolutely could watch themselves. <laughs> yeah. But mine need special attention. They're like dogs. Yours need their own constant Instagram stories posted yes. every 30 minutes. According to Steven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is true. Steven's recording their lives for you. You uh-huh. won't miss a moment. And they need extreme close-ups, so it's so blurry you just don't even know what you're looking at anymore. But they look happy, so it's okay. There's a lot of doubt in your voice right now. <laughs> I don't buy it. No. No, we love everything you do, Stephen. He can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nice. Yeah. Stephen. We missed you, Stephen. He's not holding us hostage. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have things recorded on tape yeah. that we can't erase. Ooh, and won't erase. <laughs> We've never said anything bad about anyone. <laughs> With the mic running. There, he, we don't know when he hits record when we, on the days that we record. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there with the headphones on while she and I are doing all different kinds of things straight into a microphone. Uh-huh. So it could be gossiping, it could be fighting, it could be, <laughs> we could be highly political. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if he's recorded it or not. Until we, they go, are we recording? And he goes... <laughs> Mm -hmm. silent mustachioed nod it's like how about you get like hold up a sign or something (laughs) so we know when you are taking our words and permanently Mm -hmm. putting them somewhere digitally that I can't explain to you right now I think it's a cloud it's permit up in the cloud he delivers them straight to the cloud (laughs) and Mm-hmm. Someday he's going to put a super cut together of this show that's all fucked up shit we've oh. said. Like, right. <laughs> that's going to be his, like, I quit and I already posted that episode. Oh, God. Let's give him a raise. Fuck. <laughs> that's shit. how he's got us. He's got us over the barrel. We love you, Steven. We love you, Steven. <laughs> he's the best. Um, I like we, we talked to Steven up in the sky like he died. <laughs> We just don't understand uh, speakers and microphones so much that you and I are just like, they're probably, there's like a speaker, there's like a, there's a Steven up there. There's There's a cassette player. There's some kind of a Steven happening. Plugged in. Oh, (laughs) my mom. Can I talk about my mom? Would you? Uh, She, of course, we never, we don't talk for a month and then we have to talk the day before I leave to Europe in case I die. She just like needs to tell me she loves me. That's like her thing. It's really um, healthy emotionally. (laughs) Anyway, love you, mom. Steven, tell my mom I love her. Janet. Janet. But she, so she calls me the day before and have fun. Are you going to France? (laughs) And I'm like, no, not going to France. And she goes, okay, well, 
don't wear your, your Jewish star. <laughs> and I was like, don't wear your star, David. And I was like, okay. I fucking haven't worn one since my bat mitzvah. <laughs> like 10 years ago. No, that's not true. And I was like, okay. And she goes, because you know there's anti-Semitism over there. You know, you're, you're, she's like fucking telling the whole state, state of France, (laughs) of France, generalizations is what baby boomers do is what I'm saying. Well, I also like the idea that a, you would wear a Jewish star like Mm -hmm. as a fun necklace, like either it's going to be your live, love, laugh necklace, or it's going to be your Jewish star. You can't decide which, okay, Jewish star. Secondly, like that's anything that happens in your life. And secondly, like we don't have fucking Nazis marching in the street in America right now. Janet is displacing her fears Uh and projecting them onto France in a major way. It's France's fault, probably. France will get you. Yeah. What about Orange County, Janet? (laughs) It's so much closer. I love that. So much closer. Not anti-Semitic, Georgia. Um, so I put my Jewish star on. What if it's gonna... just a, Jew, a fucking flag comes yes. down? And now it's time to talk about Israel. <laughs> Should we sit down? <sighs> okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We love sitting down. Oh. Ow. Despite the five baths I've taken since we've gotten oop, here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do it, wait, do it. Wait. It's like a little bar. Don't do that. Do I have Where one? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go, go, go. Hold on, hold on. Should have done that slower. Oh, I love it like this. The people listening at home are like, are they fucking applauding for their chairs? <laughs> what the fuck? I like it like this. Yeah. This is like we're at a bar. Hard boil. Get us a pack of cigarettes. There's a thing about murder you don't understand. <laughs> Karen, are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God, I love you guys. <laughs> it is so hard not to drink alcohol in this country. <laughs> Thanks for that weird smatter of applause that meant meant nothing to me. (sighs) It is so hard to drink alcohol in this country. (laughs) I'm kidding. I do it all the time. You've been doing it since we got here. No, no, I haven't. There was a couple um, on our flight over. Are you going back up? I'm going a little up. Okay. But I maybe don't know how. Stay right here. So maybe I can't. This is my height. This is my height. All right, well, fuck it. I'm staying here. Yeah, right? Right. Um, Do we look... Does this table look huge? Do we look tiny? I doubt it for me, but I mean, I just feel like a little kid, right? Like this is a kid's table, but we talk about murder. You know, they can't stop us. Um, There we go. There were some drunk people on our flight that were near my, we were in business section, so we got to lay down. It was like a lay down flight. Mm -hmm. All you had to do was turn in your bra. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a very easy payment of one bra from Georgia. One $15 bra. <laughs> but there was a, a drunk, two drunk people that were in the, the adjoining pod. Named Vince in Georgia. Uh, 
I just bust you hard of all the <laughs> yeah. shit you talked about. Um, no, but the guy was, it was that thing where I think he was actually nervous to fly, but he'd uh. had like probably, I'd say 4.5 drinks. So what he ended up doing is standing next to his pod and telling people how to get into their pod. Like he just started trying to run oh business class. <laughs> Like he was a a flight attendant? Kind of, but um, more like a bossy dad with a weird necklace on, where I was just like, how about you take your drink and sit the fuck back down, sir? He was just like, "Uh, you you put this up here. Do you want to switch? He started trying to get the lady in my adjoining pod to switch with someone else because he thought I was with Vince. So he was like, we got to get these people to switch. And I didn't catch on for a really long time until finally when Vince came over to say something to me. And then the guy goes, look, I I tried to get everybody to switch. And I was just like, Drunkle's the clown. Why don't you just (laughs) take it easy? Drunkle, like drunk uncle? Drunkle the clown? Drunkle's the clown. That's good. Mm -hmm. Vince came over to you to, to tell you knowing that you'd want to know that you can put your like don't fucking talk to me blinder up <laughs> yes <laughs> right yeah because when you don't have the blinder up the way on the the plane we were on it was like these weird s-shaped adjoining pods so i'm facing backwards and then this little old rich lady is facing forward like this but you're like next but to we're each other right here so, so it is like, like we're traveling together hey. so we're like <laughs> isn't this crazy you can put your feet up <laughs> do you want yeah that's you want to hold hands and then she's like, I do it all the time. Yeah. And we're like, well, we're new. We're usually in steerage. <laughs> so we're in the knees and the mouth uh, area for, the, for most of our time. Our lives. <clears throat> um, so last night we decided who goes first based on the, the horribleness of the murders. <laughs> because you got you to gotta end on a fucking high note we've learned on these trips. A high murder note. Uh-huh. Oh, we should remind people that who are new to this that, that this is a murder podcast. Like we tell every taxi driver, with mixed in with a little comedy. But you know, sometimes people don't like that. Yeah. Sometimes that's it's it's uh, they they assume the worst of what our intentions are, who we're talking about, how we feel about the fact that you know people's lives are cut short horribly. Um, so if this is something you think you might have a problem with. We invite you to fuck off right now. <laughs> it's for the best. I mean it in a good way. This is essentially a dealing with our anxiety podcast. And don't you fucking judge us on how we deal with our fucking anxiety. Like, for example, last night Uh when we had our hometown murder and the uh, woman came up, began to tell us about it. And like halfway through, someone in the middle back over there goes, that's my auntie. And we're like, holy fuck. It's finally happened. We thought she was going to be like, fuck you. But lights came up and the joy on her face. She she came right up onto the stage and told the story. She actually didn't have any more information than the she first girl did. She knew about the pigs. Oh, that's right. She did. The two of them knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So you guys have a lot to live up to tonight. It was pretty good. Oh, Evie, she's there right now. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave herself her own standing ovation. <laughs> you did do a great job. You, yeah, you deserve it. You did. Sorry, Aoife. Uh, Aoife. Aoife. I said Ify, sorry. We also... I've never heard that name before in my fucking life. No, no, we don't have that. We don't have that at all. We don't have that. There was also this sweet baby angel in the front row who we just, like, fucking chose to, like, um, not pick on, but help us. We made her help us. It was Louise. Pronunciation. Yeah. So we brought... We we felt so bad that we... I think she's here, too, right? Yeah, we let them come back. (laughs) There they are. Louise, you up there? 
hot. You're so far away this time. Yeah, you can't help us. <laughs> we need a new, new, new Louise. Is there somebody? So listen, tank top. <laughs> tank top kind of looks like me, right? What's your name? Alwyn. Alwyn, another one. <laughs> what are they? Let's fucking see what fairy tale names I've never heard of before. <laughs> Princess Alwyn's here. <laughs> Great. Are you from uh, Ireland? Are you Irish? Okay. Oh, that's then fine. never mind. Her we name's Welsh. Forget it. Um, so we're gonna go to you if we need pronunciation help, or if everybody starts screaming at us about something like yeah. we don't know, we've named a thing. The, the mistake Georgia made on Instagram where she called Ireland. She I did said, not. It was Stephen. She said it was part of the UK, I didn't and then know she was. It was Stephen. <laughs> I on. didn't say that. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. Karen, what the fuck? I don't know. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize. That's not what happened. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna, you guys, I'm gonna go. You guys, I just threw her under the bus so hard yeah. in a way that I did not mean to and that you jumped on too fast. <laughs> you fucking turncoats. You're all Karens, apparently. <laughs> Get out. Uh, only the Georges can stay. And the Elvises. All right, so do you want me to go first? Right, so yeah, yes. Yeah. It's not your decision. <laughs> yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, then. Oh, thanks. While I tell this story, try to think of something that's going to make them yell at me the way they just yelled at you. Okay. And then you have full permission to tell it. But please be careful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you get, I owe you one. You get one. That's, <laughs> that's a free, um, I'll, we'll call it the attack freebie. All right. I love it. This is going to be fun. (laughs) If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that 
fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. I'm going to do the murderer Colin Howell. Who's he? Thank you. I thought many more people would respond. We had a call in last night. I know. It's the fucking, my ex, his name, I, I hate this guy already, and he's probably a murderer. It seems like Ireland is chock full of call-ins. Oh. Um, right, that would make sense. This did happen, by the by, and maybe I've thrown myself under the bus right now. This happened in no- Northern Ireland, which is a separate country. It's a, it's a different... Oh, are they in the UK? <laughs> yes. Oh. They are. <laughs> of everything in high school but meth. <laughs> and then I just have to sit here and read this to myself. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so here's what's, here's what's crazy is somebody, and I think this was at our Salt Lake City show, in the VIP line, mm-hmm. someone gave me this BBC, made for BBC movie called The Secret, which is about this murder. Mm. Oh, I thought that was about being the best you and all this shit. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't work on me. I watched the wrong yeah, one. That's right. You, you weren't attracting anything but like this horrible murder into your right. life. Um, so somebody gave it to me. It was like, I, I'm positive it happened in America because we, we haven't been off the continent. But, um, but basically this person said, this is my hometown murder and I want you to watch it. I think you'll really like it. Cool. So before I left, I watched it. And then when I went to put my story together, I was like, this is that fucking movie I just watched. (laughs) So that's cool. Um, Also, there's a... I didn't realize they have British Dateline over here. It's like Dateline, but it's British people. Oh, I like that. Or whatever. Well, is it your own? I don't know if it's your own, is it? You have your own Irish Dateline? Nobody knows. (laughs) What did he say? Let's stop asking them questions. Okay. Okay. I think it's a bad road to go down. Can't be trusted. We'll we'll ask Princess Aifi the next question. Okay. So this all starts May 19th, 1991, and this is in Coleraine, Northern Ireland. So. In the the UK. Famously known as a uh, UK as you, country. As we all know. <laughs> uh, did we ever figure out about the whole euros, pounds thing that we fucked up last night? No, go on. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, so Coleraine Baptist Church officials are contacted by a popular, popular local dentist and devoted Christian named Colin Howell, who tells them that he believes that his wife, Leslie, has gone missing. 
Um, so they contact the police, and the police start checking all the places that Colin says she might possibly be, one of which is at her father, Harry Clark's home in Castle Rock. Um, and Harry had died less than two weeks before. Mm. Um, so she was, Leslie uh, Collins' wife, who was missing, had been very close with her father, um, and so that was a very strong possibility that she'd gone up to the house. She was still, you know, grieving. Um, when the police arrive at Clark's home, they in the garage, they find the body of Leslie Howell sitting inside a running car in a closed garage, um, she's lying in the back seat. She's wearing headphones and uh, with a, like a Walkman on, and she's surrounded by pictures of her four children. Aww. And the body, there's a body of a man in the front seat, uh, in the driver's seat um, of the car, and it appears that they have committed suicide together by asphyxiation in, in uh, uh, this car. So upon questioning... Um, uh, Colin explains to the police that the year before it had come out that he and another member of the church, a woman named Hazel Buchanan, had had an affair, and they uh, then realize that the man that's in the driver's seat of the car no. is Hazel Buchanan's <gasps> husband, Trevor. Fuck. So, um, basically, the police look at it and put it together that this is a suicide pact, that oh. they had the affair, that the two spurned spouses... Uh, got together, got into this car, and killed each other. I mean, killed themselves, I'm sorry. Um, so, a year later, so this is obviously suspicious and odd. Um, a year later, the coroner's report comes back, and it finds that actually they did both die of, uh, of um, carbon monoxide poisoning. And so their death is, is ruled, uh, you know, a, like a suicide and yeah, it's, it's legit. It it's, ma- it's legit. The facts match up. That's exactly right. So, <clears throat> so we'll go back to, uh, 1986 now. This is when, uh, Hazel and Trevin, Trevor Buchanan first moved to uh, the Coleraine area. Um, Trevor was a policeman. He's known in the area as they live there and get to know people. He's known as a good father, a dependable, kind man. Hazel's known as a great mother. She works at the local play school. Which I'm not sure what that means. Um, it's a brand of toys in our country. Oh, I don't want to know what it is. <laughs> don't be crazy. And so it's at this play school. I think preschool for us, probably. Think right? so? Mm-hmm. Could be. Kindergarten. Might be kindergarten, but they already said play school. You guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you never do. Um. <laughs> so Colin goes to drop his kids off there. Hazel works there. They meet. Okay. And um, they find that they're both members of the same Baptist church. So um, <laughs> so they must have an affair. Yes. <laughs> you know how those Baptists are. <laughs> Just like we have so much in common. Like we both go to the same place where we promise to love our spouses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to live really, really by the book, biblical right. lives. Right. Time to fuck. <laughs> um, they begin flirting, hanging out, spending a lot of seeing each other a lot. Then they start confiding to each other that they're both in unhappy marriages. Oh, I mean, who isn't? I, what? As I was saying what? that. Okay. As I was saying that. I had nothing to do with that one. I know. That was all my own. <laughs> Love you, baby. He's Where? not listening. He doesn't Gone. care. He is. <laughs> Wait, you, you hear the car pulling out. He's gone. We don't even have a car here. <laughs> Wait, he bought a car? <laughs> okay. 
So essentially, basically, four years after they meet, like in the 1990s, uh, I mean in 1990, they start having an affair. Okay. So in this Dateline episode, they say that he used to have, Colin, as a local dentist, he would have Hazel meet him at his dentist's office, and he would give her laughing gas, and then they would have sex in the dentist chair. Everyone knows the sexiest place to have sex. Nothing is sexier than a fucking... Cold like how, leather dentist how, chair. How, though? How? And also, was that lead apron involved in any yeah. way? That's what I'd want to know. Lots of bibs. Just put Lots it on for the waist. <laughs> a lot of spitting. Stop it! It's disgusting. <laughs> this is like a triple X show we're doing tonight. I don't know what happened to us. <clears throat> um, okay. Basically... They, when they're having sex in the dentist's office, they're experimenting with drugs. He's also, um, at one point, she feels so guilty that they're having this affair um, that he starts giving her a sedative before they have sex, well, so the that answer. she can relax and that's the answer. Have a great time. <laughs> guilty about something? Take drugs. Yeah, that'll cure it. If you feel so bad about the thing you're doing, just take a drug and you'll stop <laughs> feeling. You can just do it. Yeah, you, it's fine, free of charge. Okay. So at some point, so this affair goes on long enough, they start meeting in a place called Castle Row Forest, and while they're there having their affair, another church member sees them there and then goes and squeals. Are they having their own affair at the tent next door or whatever? (laughs) They're they're on what they call Affair Row, where all the cars come and park and everyone has their affair. In the beautiful trees. Um... (laughs) So basically, the person that spots them is a snitch and goes and Hell tells. Yeah. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Nope. Uh, Snitches get candy. <laughs> Snitches get credit from the pastor. Um, <laughs> Extra God points, is that a thing? <laughs> right. So they go and tell this pastor, um, and the pastor's named John Hansford. And when the pastor comes and confronts Colin, he says, no, absolutely not. I would never do that. I'm a man of God. I'm dedicated to my family. And then the pastor's like, no, Hazel already told us that you guys are having it. He's like, oh, then I beg your forgiveness. Oh, shit. Just fucking turns on a dime and is like, okay, well, I'm really sorry then. Oh, so Doubles down on that one. Yeah. So, um... So Leslie um, Collins' wife and the mother of his four fucking children is devastated, obviously, and shocked. She can't believe it. This is, like, not the man she knows. Um, both couples agree to go to counseling at the church. Um, and Together? in counseling... No. Wouldn't that be funny? Not group counseling. Okay. No. Um, separate counseling... In counseling, Colin explains to Leslie the affair was like an addiction for him. He couldn't stop doing it. Um, and the laughing gas. And, right. <laughs> and, and dentistry is a huge addiction for him. <laughs> he loves flossing other people's teeth. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Leslie Howell is so upset and destroyed, she starts taking prescription pills just to, like... Because, basically, she loses her father, and then she essentially hey. loses her husband... Um, is so close together. So she's just trying to cope. And meanwhile, Trevor Buchanan um, is trying really hard. He told Hazel he wants to keep the marriage together. He wants to make it work. He'll do anything to keep the family together. Well, unfortunately, neither Colin or Hazel are trying to fix their marriages because they continue to meet in secret. Um, And in May of 1991, while they're uh, in the... 
BBC film The Secret, they're parked uh, like in the woods. I don't know if this is fact-based, but it is incredibly picturesque. But they're parked in the woods. They've just had sex. They're like, huh, huh. And then... (laughs) You know how you do after sex. (laughs) Three quick pants. Uh And then he's like, this would be so much better and easier for us if our spouses were dead. Don't go there. Yeah. And she's like... You're crazy. Mm-hmm. The actress does it without moving her mouth like that. <laughs> You're crazy. And he's like, but he has this weird way about him where he's just like, but you know what? It really, it would be putting them out of their misery. And it's actually best for everybody involved. <laughs> Psycho. So um, when she says to him, well, what will we do if we get caught? He says, oh, we won't get caught. And that's how you know he's a psychopath. Because <laughs> he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the uh, world. Yeah. Um, so, on May 18th, 1991, Colin puts this plan into action. He actually... Uh, so, he's, he gives Hazel sedatives to put into Trevor's food. And then, on the day of his son's birthday, while he's out in the garage building a toy slide for his child, he is also cutting up the baby bottle so that he can retrofit it to fit it onto the exhaust pipe of his car so that he can then run a hose through the house. And that night, when Leslie is asleep on the couch, he goes and puts the carbon monoxide over her and begins to poison her with carbon monoxide. That's complicated. It's fucked up. And there's so many ways that can go wrong. Yeah. It's not a good plan. No. Um, it, while he's doing it, Leslie wakes up and he then has to suffocate her. Oh, no. So then he takes her body. He puts it in the boot of their car. <laughs> the boot, I said. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devlin. Uh, he puts his wife's body in the car he puts a blanket over the body, and then he puts a bike in the back. Then he drives that car mm, mm-hmm. over to the Buchanan's house. Mm-hmm. Now, Trevor Buchanan has been knocked out because Hazel put sedatives in his food. He's asleep. He pulls the car into their garage, mm-hmm. does the same setup. Shit. But when he comes to poison Trevor, Trevor wakes up oh, no. and actually fights him. Oh, no. But, he, but he's also drugged. He loses the fight. And in this exact same way, Colin has to strangle Trevor to death. Fuck. So then he takes both of their bodies, drives the car um, up to Leslie's father's house. But on the way... He stops, sorry, I'm not even on this page anymore. Um, on the way, he stops off and he, dry, he drops his bike off um, at like a, at, what do they call it? A grass verge. <laughs> Never heard of not that like before. like p- pulling off the side of the road? Uh, ditch? Oh, a ditch, a ditch. Is that our girl? Thank you. Thank you. The princess says it's a ditch, princess? therefore it is. Okay. So then he puts, he stages the suicide scene at Leslie's father's house mm-hmm. and leaves the car there. He puts the wa- a Walkman on his wife's head, presses play. It's her favorite piece Ooh. of music. He puts pictures of their children all around uh, her body. What a, and at no point is there anything going, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe this isn't a Baptist thing to do. Yeah. That never comes maybe into play. I'm the problem. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I should have tried in therapy. Yeah, maybe I should kill myself instead. 
Uh, they never think that, though, mm-hmm. these types. They ne- nope. That's never in the plan. The, he then jogs to a nearby beach, burns a bag of evidence, gets on that bike he put in the verge ditch, <laughs> and rides home. He's gone for four hours. His children are asleep the entire time. Shit. So then when the police um, come to take his statement, uh, he claims that the night before the murders, Trevor Buchanan had come to their home. He had basically started a fight about the affair. Um, he said that Leslie was very upset and she slept on the couch and he slept um, in the bed. And then when he woke up, she was not on the couch and he didn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. And that's when he made those calls. So forensic evidence was never gathered they took this basically because i think because the suicide scene was so horrible right that and and realistic i mean yes kind of well yeah believable of two people that have like been horribly spurned and yeah are heartbroken um but colin had scratches on his face Uh oh they never take pictures of them they never look into that um i mean it's like it's like number one (laughs) just Scratches on the face. Scratches on the face are rarely good. Yeah. Yeah. And rare. So. Um, so uh, he, there's also inconsistencies between his story and Hazel's story, but none of it is ever looked into. And then when the coroner report comes back, uh, it's about a year later, or a little less than a year later, the evidence shows that both Leslie and Trevor died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Like they actually had it in their bodies. Yes. So, so then everything basically lines up, and they, the suicide pact scenario is accepted as truth, and the case is closed. Colin Howell receives 300,000 pounds from Leslie's between her life insurance policy, her will, and her father's estate. Holy shit. He gets 300,000 pounds. Fuck. Uh Uh-huh. And now, Colin and Hazel are finally free to be together, which I never understand. Every time we see these stories on a Dateline or 2020 or whatever show we're watching, the people that do this kind of stuff, it's like they never... Put it together that once you've killed people for your relationship, the relationship might suffer a little bit. Like you might be sitting there at dinner and being like, "I don't know about it's kind you." Of boring. It's gonna take the edge off that like romance just a tad. Right. The the double murder. You know what's exciting and fun is like when you're a creep and you're lying all the time. Yes. You don't have to do it anymore. It's less fun. Right. You don't make out in the fucking forest with someone you're married to. No. Right? God, what am I giving away tonight? (laughs) That you want to make out in the forest more? (laughs) Ben, Steven, take a note that I want to make out with Vince in the forest more. Steven. Okay, so four years after the double murder, Colin proposes to Hazel. And they start making this plan. The idea is that they're going to move to Scotland and he's going to start a new dentistry business in Scotland. Um, right? It's good a place as any. Um, they even travel over there and start looking at different uh, places that he could, like dental offices he could join or whatever. Um, but before any of that happens, their relationship falls apart mm. and they break up. Mm. Yeah. So, less than two years later, <laughs> we all have different feelings about it. <laughs> Less than two years later, Colin meets a woman named Kyle Howell uh, in Bible study class. He is just, he won't quit. He's, um... Like, we all think you're not the Christian, dude. He's like a religious troll. He's just, like, (laughs) going through all the different... And the funniest thing is, if you see this made-for-TV movie, The Secret, 
At the beginning, the very first scene is the guy, the actor playing him, is singing a song in front of the church, playing oh. the guitar, which is like, oh my God, the worst. How do you not know he's a murderer? <laughs> the worst. Uh huh. And Jesus, this and a Jesus, that. <laughs> Jesus in your face, I'm better than you. Kill, kill, kill. All right. <laughs> I think the song was called Jesus This and a Jesus That. I have to, we'll look it up. Okay, so he meets this American woman, Kyle Howell, who has moved um, to Northern Ireland because she was escaping an abusive oh, marriage in America. Oh, and she's no. like, I am going to go to where it's green. She doesn't have that accent. She doesn't talk like that. Um, but of course, she meets him, rich dentist. She thinks she's like got it made in the shade. Uh, they get married in May of 1997, and they have five children Holy fuck! On top of his other four? Yeah. He will not quit having yeah. kids. He's, he is trying to populate the globe. Jesus. So, Literally. Uh, <laughs> in 1998, seven years after the double murder, uh, Colin finally confesses to Kyle <gasps> what he did. He tells her. You stupid idiot. <laughs> but... He convinces her not to say anything, to keep his secret for him. Can you imagine finding that out about your fucking husband? And you're like, I have something to confess to you. And you're just like, one time I did this crazy thing. And then he's like, well, one time I murdered the person who was in your place. Yes. (laughs) Good night. Good night. (laughs) Sleep tight. He convinces her not to turn him in for the sake of the children. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, that poor woman. So she keeps the secret for 11 years. No, never mind. I take that back. Yeah. Oh, no. Now, now his luck begins to turn. <laughs> because in, well, so the, the tragedy starts happening to him in May of 2007. So other than this, n- no one has thought twice about the, the suicide, the double You know suicide. her sister was like, motherfucker. Yes. Like one sister was there's, like, I fucking hate him. There's a female relative somewhere yeah. that's fired up. Yeah. And no one's listening to her. Yep. Well, and the thing was, her father did not like him. And when the news of the affair first came out, he said, he gave her money and said, I will give you money, take the kids and get out of the house oh. and go, you deserve to be happy, go start a new life. And she said, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do that to the children. Listen to your fathers. I don't know why I'm yelling at you guys. <laughs> okay, so in May of 2007, um, Howell's now oldest son, who's 22 years old, tragically dies in a fall in St. Petersburg, oh, no. Russia. Um, and then a year later, Howell, he, Colin Howell invests in, uh, basically he gets seriously scammed. There's some people who tell him, if you give us 350,000 pounds, we're just about to find Yamashiro's gold, which is, (laughs) yeah. Well, let me tell you about it, because you're going to like this idea. When I tell you about this idea, I think you're going to say, hey, you know what? You can't afford not to invest in this ah. humongous scam that I'm about to tell you about. Apparently, Yamashiro's gold was, uh, they, the Japanese um, stole a, b- a bunch of treasure um, <laughs> during World War II, and they went and hid it somewhere in the Philippines. And so then the idea is, if people have been looking for it forever. No one's ever found it. A lot of people are like, it's completely not true. Also, I don't think you got to keep that if you find it. 
oh no, you not only get to keep it, but dentists will make millions. <laughs> these, these people told Colin Howell that he would make three million pounds if he simply give us 350,000 pounds and then we, the rate of your return will be well, 700%. Well, I happen to have that because I murdered my wife. Yeah, exactly. So he buys into it entirely and then, of course, loses everything. Um, right? Um, but also interesting uh, like twist that you could actually expect his dental business is failing um, because uh, he begins to get accused Uh of sexually assaulting his patients while they're under Uh. sedation that's right he's not a trustworthy dentist either (laughs) he doesn't save it all for the dentist's office like this look I'm you not going to cross you know any someone. lines here. Yeah. You think you know a murderer. Yeah. And then you just find out... He's a creepo dentist also? <sighs> I feel betrayed. Like being a dentist in and of itself isn't suspect. <laughs> Five people walk out. DDS's walk <laughs> We're out. Come back. Karen just hates dentists. <laughs> well, not my current one. Yeah. God. Right? I wish I could throw up a picture of him right now. <laughs> it's he just from like, a long lens that you took while following him <laughs> on the street. Around Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. He kind of looks like, you know what he looks like is Riz Ahmed's like nerd, book nerd older brother. Uh-huh. It's crazy. You, should, you would not believe how humiliated I was when he came around the corner. And I had a thing in my mouth that was pulling all my lips away from my teeth like this. So he could just see all this nasty shit that was happening in here. <laughs> and I was just like, uh-huh. And I think... And then he put on like super crazy like telescope. What do you you call them? Magnifying. Thank you. Like some kind of a magnifying situation. (laughs) And then looked at all of my horrible teeth up close. And he was like, it turns out that's all just baby corn in your mouth. (laughs) It's just a ton of corn niblets. We have to remove all of it. Okay. And I've been seeing him every two weeks since. So... It's working out. I got him in the palm of my hand. Also, when he goes to work, (laughs) when he goes to work on me, he, the, (laughs) stop it. You guys are being filthy. You're being filthy and we're being filthy too. (laughs) I just wear this dress to my next appointment. Like, what's up? But he really does. My chair goes back so far that my head, it goes down beneath like level it's like down like yeah. that it's not it's actually not sexy it turns out because <laughs> with your little top heavy like me it all just goes like sliding back it's not a good look at all you just yeah yeah I don't get it but <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds funny <laughs> at least it sounds funny it sounds hilarious um okay so things are going very badly for the bad bad dentist okay Um, Right? So he starts to... He also owes a shit ton in taxes. So he's... He was very rich. He was doing very well for a long time. Doing even better after he killed his wife and took all of her money. And then slowly, of course, it's all being drained away. And he starts to believe that this is a sign from God. Mm. That he is being punished because of a double murder. (laughs) Which would be great if it worked out that way. (laughs) Um, So when he tells... Uh, Kyle, like they, they're basically have lost their life savings. He tells Kyle, I think it's God 
trying to punish me. And she goes, you need to go confess. So he goes to church and he goes, those poor fucking pastors in this church, they're just right in the center of all of it. He goes back to the pastor and he confesses to that crime. And they're like, we really need you to go to the cops. (laughs) We can't turn you in, but you have to turn yourself in. So on January, uh, in January of 2009, 19 years and five months after the Fuck. double murder, Colin Howell turns himself into the police and is arrested. So in February of 2009, um, Colin Howell and Hazel Stewart are, are charged with the murders and, of Trevor Buchanan and Leslie Howell. And um, by the time they're charged, they both deny the charges. Yeah. So he turned himself in and then, of course, lawyered up and immediately was like, I'm innocent. Everyone's attacking me. It doesn't me. work like that, bro. Um, so two months after they're charged, uh, Colin Howell's second wife, Kyle, the American woman, files for divorce and goes back to Florida with all 900 of the kids. <laughs> She's just like, peace in the streets, you're on your own. Yeah. Uh, and she actually was under an investigation for a little while, and then the authorities decided that she wouldn't have to face charges, um, probably because she turned on him hard. Uh, So then, on July 5th, 2010, uh, Colin Howell, on top of these murder charges, is charged with 17 counts of indecently assaulting six women at his dental practice over a 10-year period from 1998 to 2008. Uh, so that started after the murders. Um, he was so just like, fuck it, I'm going to go all in. He's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, he pleads guilty to indecently assaulting three of his patients, but denies uh, 14 other charges of indecent assault on the same women and then three other women. So he's just picking and choosing what he may or may not be guilty of. Um, on November 18th, 2010, uh, days before the double, double murder trial is due to begin at Belfast Crown Court, Colin Howell changes his plea to guilty okay. for the murders of Leslie Howell and Trevor Buchanan. He's sentenced to a minimum of 21 years. Now, Hazel Buchanan, uh, who, who had... Uh, gotten remarried since this time. So Mm -hmm. now her name is Hazel Stewart. And she's tried on February 7th, 2011 in Coleraine Crown Court. And the prosecution lawyer says, Hazel Stewart knowingly entered into this agreement and assisted Colin Howell in ensuring that he could safely kill her husband. And afterwards, they both covered up the whole thing. Um, And Colin Howell comes and testifies, gives evidence against her. In court, he says to the court, I was the mastermind behind the plot and the plan. I was the one who had the intelligence to put (gasps) the plan together. (laughs) You get all the credit, dude. Yeah, you get all the credit for being the ultimate scumbag. Yeah. He says, but it could not have happened without her cooperation. She didn't say no. There was no objection to me being there. So the court then plays a tape of a police interview where Hazel Stewart is crying and saying, the biggest mistake of my life was ever meeting Colin Howell, and I have paid the price. Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, no, you haven't. Uh -uh. No, you were happily married somewhere else. So on March 2nd, 2011, the judge sends the jury of nine men and three women out to consider the verdict. They come back less than two hours later with a guilty verdict. And Hazel Stewart, yeah, Hazel Stewart is sentenced to a minimum of 18 years for the murders of her late husband and Leslie Howell. 
Um, two months later, on May 17th, Colin Howell pleads guilty to sexually assaulting nine female Holy patients in his shit. surgery over a period of several years, and he's stripped of his NHS pension, which was worth 400,000 pounds. <gasps> Goodbye. 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 And Colin Howell remains in the Magaberry prison. She doesn't know. Our princess has failed us. <laughs> the princess is asleep. Magabri? Magabri. Magabri. Well, I'm not going to get it exactly right. I don't fucking live here. <laughs> no, it's uh, Magabri. <laughs> She's mad at you. <laughs> um, I just like when we get corrected, but it turns out everyone's going, yeah. oh, got it. Perfect. I'll say it like that from now on. Uh, so then Colin Howell actually is diagnosed in jail as being a psychotic. Oh. But he disagreed. <laughs> it doesn't no. work like that, dude. He says, what he said was, I believe any human being has the potential to do what I did, but I did it. That's what sets me apart from the rest of humanity. Oh, my God. Brag, 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 brag. I mean, that is a very typical, like, psychotic thing of they think they're, they truly think they're better than everybody else and above everybody else and smarter than everybody else. But the idea that he's, do- <laughs> he's doing that, like, he's basically saying the definition of being psychotic while disagreeing uh-huh. he's psychotic. It's also that thing of, like, it makes you feel better that you think everyone's capable of that. Right. And you're like, no, we're not, dude. Well, right. That's like, say, we're, uh, we're all capable of do- doing this or attaching this to a car or whatever, but we don't do it. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. We're all capable of lots of things. Yeah. It's taking that special, special extra step. Oh, we just got the light. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every once in a while, a flash will come up, and it's like it, my comedy club yeah. shit oh. kicks in, where I'm like, three minutes? I have two minutes. Okay. okay. Um, now, one of Colin, Colin's daughters still visits him in prison, oh, and man. she said, at the end of the day, he's my father, and I love him. I can't help having those feelings for him, and I won't apologize for having those feelings for him. I love him very much, which is so sad. And always the children are the fucking victim Dude, in these situations. Seriously. Um, and, but here's an interesting kind of, like, I'll leave you with this final twist. Leslie Howell's brother has since accused Colin Howell, his brother-in-law, of <gasps> murdering their father, Harry Clark. I was wondering about that. He believes that, uh, that uh, Colin Howell, because... He only died 12 days before the double, double murder, and he had offered him money. And that was the big thing was that Colin Howell, uh, when he was talking to the police, he was like, she, she was going to leave me, and she couldn't leave me. And, uh, and he was basically trying to rationalize and justify right. what he did because it would have made him look so bad if she had left him. And so that uh, Leslie Howell's brother believes that he had something How to do with Harry Clark's death. I don't know. Cool. That's a that's a Google mystery. We call that a Google mystery that we leave everyone with. Mm. And you get to Google that by yourself tonight. <laughs> well, I'm doing my story. It. You guys can Google. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the case of the murders of Leslie Howell and Trevor Buchanan. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Great job. Thanks. Appreciate I have, it. I haven't thought of anything mean yet. Okay, well, I'll try to think of something. I'll throw myself under the bus. That would be great. Okay. Okay, great, great, great. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like 
perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. All right. So it's so funny because whenever we do murders in different countries, it's these like, you, you read about them and they're like these crazy headlines and it was like all the talk of the fucking town for like, you know, years. And then you and I and we back in the States have never fucking heard of them. Right. So this is one of them that I had never heard of, but it's like big timey apparently. Uh, this is the story of the Black Widow, Catherine Nevin. Yeah. Thank you, I was hoping for that. <laughs> Shit. Isn't that what we always want when we say the name? Or I'm like, yes. Colin Howell. Oh, it's me yeah. and you. We're the only ones that like it. I don't mind silence, but sometimes it's, oh. oh. Actually, when I whispered, so we, I had a completely different murder going yesterday that I was going to do tonight, and then I was like, maybe I wonder if that's going to be negative. And so in the, in the meet and greet line, I, I like pulled some Irish woman aside, and I was like, hey, should I do the and she was like, no. <laughs> She's like, new. I'm being honest with you. I'm like, great. I'm going to be up all night writing my new one. Nice. So, so this is go. it? This is it. Okay, this nice. is the Black Widow, Catherine Nevin. I got a lot of information from the, there was this article, the Irish Times, Mark Hilliard. March 19th, 1996. <laughs> it's, it's like 4.30 in the morning, right? Um, Sorry, what was the year? 96. 96. Yeah. Uh, a panic alarm goes off at a security system, and uh, they alert the police to go to uh, Jack White's Inn in Wicklow. Because Party town. there's an emergency, right. <laughs> when uh, Gardy arrive, we found out last night. Thank you. Garda is one, Gardy is multiple. Police is everything. Were you mad at me that whole time? Because I kept saying police over and over, like a fucking that dirty American. That could have American? been yours. Oh, I, yeah. Shit. Start over. Start over. Oh, I see. Okay, we'll talk about criminal justice after. <laughs> okay. So when Gardy arrived, don't know what to do. Uh, no. <laughs> she uh, just keeps trying Gardy, to get applause. Gardy. When the Garda arrived. Oh. 
they found they find the body of the Jack White's Inn, their owner, 55-year-old Tom Nevin, slumped over in the kitchen uh, on the floor. He had been shot by a single gunshot to his chest, and it appeared that the shot had taken him from surprise by surprise because he was. Uh, he, as he was counting up his St. Patrick's Day, day taking, so it was a lot of fucking money that day. Sure. Uh, I hear it's big over here. <laughs> <laughs> he still had a pen in his hand and his glasses on his face, mm-hmm. like he was not expecting this. Nearby, Tom's wife of 20 years, Catherine, um, sat shaking. She was gagged with her, uh, stockings and her own underwear. Oh. Yeah. I know. Pass. Stop being dirty. (laughs) She is panicking and shaking. She tells police that she had been in bed asleep when intruders came in, and she was awoken by someone, quote, pressing a pillow to her face and shouting at her for money, um, and that they had tied her up. The person wore, and I will not miss a fucking opportunity to say this, balaclava. Yes. And threatened to kill her. They ransacked the bedroom, and then a little later, she hears two vehicles speeding away from the property, and she frees herself as much as possible and goes down and trips the alarm. Um, Tom had been shot with a big-game gunshot cartridge, and there's no indication anyone had tried to tie him up, And uh, but shit didn't add up for Gardy. <laughs> from the moment they got to Jack White's, in more than uh, 13,000 pounds... Yes, was taken from the premise that night. And yet, uh, despite her room being torn apart, it didn't seem like they were searching for anyone. The classic staged burglary thing, which like, Jesus, we just take a pair of earrings with you so it looks fucking... Instead, they just throw out yeah. like all the underwear. Books on the floor, books on the floor. Well, and because everything was scattered around, but also fingerprints experts searched the dressers for fingerprints, because that's what fingerprint experts do. I realized I didn't have to say that twice. They've only found fingerprints on the sides of the dressers. Like someone was like, eh. Instead of like pulling the dresser oh, out, the like drawers. The you mean? Yeah, like they, yeah. They pick the drawers up. They pick the drawers up, pick them out of the sockets, and laid them down. Don't do that. Okay. Um, but, 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 but. None of the doors or windows in the pub showed signs of fourth century. The phones were just off the hook, not cut. And um, but so everyone was like, something's going on. Well, they find out from the staff of the pub that Catherine had told them they were not allowed to stay the night. Uh, that night, which was out of the ordinary for them. I guess they always did that. So 49-year-old Catherine tells police that she, she says, you know what this might have been about. I, when we were three years into our marriage, I found uh, Tom's IRA membership mm. hidden in his fucking drawers. <laughs> I don't know where. He had a, like a laminated card. Yeah. Like a little gun and a shamrock on it. <laughs> Courtesy of Shane yeah. Finn. I don't... I can't explain to you enough how Irish my family is. I, it's like a big thing over there. They wear green shirts all the time, and they're super into it. My grandma's from Longford. And my grandpa's from Galway. Okay, sorry. It's true, it's true, it's true. I'm Jewish. <laughs> All these Jewish stars go up in the air. Fuck it. Now we fight. 
Um, so she was like, you know what? I bet it was the IRA because he was a member. Uh, and she had said that he discovered it three years into their marriage, but uh, Garda had no file on him. Then they were like, nope, this isn't true. So they kind of quickly knew that wasn't the case. Um, and then uh, everyone described Tom as... Uh, Everyone who knew him, of course, said he was generous, hardworking. Everyone called him, and they say this lovingly, but it sounds creepy. They called him Daddy at the pub. <laughs> but I guess if, if you hear it in an Irish accent, it's cute and like sweet and loving. No, no, it's still creepy, right? Yeah. Hold on. Did you just sit down and then immediately start saying no? <laughs> <laughs> She's a Karen. They get here like forty-five minutes late. They're like, no. What are they talking about? Is it a no? It's creepy, says our princesses. Okay. Daddy. Daddy. No. Daddy, may I have a Guinness, please, Daddy? Yeah. Yeah, so, but they liked him is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) His first wife. (laughs) Well, you may have been steered wrong because it sounds like... Mark. What's his name? Mark. Mark Hilliard. You're You're fired. You're fired. Uh, his first wife, June O'Flanagan, oh. shit, wonder where she's from, uh, you know, she was, they were like, what was he like? And his ex-wife was like, he, he was fucking wonderful and his oh. morals were incredible and he was super hardworking. All he wanted to do was own a pub one day. That was his dream. Um, her family called him a gentle giant. Like, he was wonderful. Everyone fucking agreed, right? And so, meanwhile, Catherine insists that she and Tom didn't have a troubled marriage. Um, it was rumored that there were talks of separation, and that Catherine might have been trying to buy out Tom's half of the business. It was also said that Catherine had an affair with a former Garda inspector. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And, okay, I only saw this in one article, so questionable. But let's say it. But let's say it anyways. <laughs> that they uncovered that Catherine had smashed a plant pot over his head months before he was killed. Okay. And, it's a little cartoony. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, they may have yeah. just seen it like a Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> That's really what it was. But Tom refused to make a complaint at the time, and the investigator said Tom was a battered husband, but he was too much of a gentleman to make a complaint. Mm. I know. It was also said by staff that Catherine enjoyed humiliating him in front of the other customers and, and in front of his family, and she was a very dominant person who was a social climber. So within 10 years of marriage, Tom and Catherine had owned two houses and managed a pub in Finglas. <laughs> Finglas? Letter- what? Finglas? Flinglas. All right, thank you. You're exhausted from of this, and I understand. <laughs> Guess what it's going to be like in Norway. <laughs> We're fucked. We're fucked. Will you come with us to Norway? <laughs> okay. Uh, it was discovered that in the event of Tom's death, Catherine stood to inherit uh, one million euros. Nope, one million pounds, pounds, pounds. and gain full control of their, their little property empire. So. Despite having no circumstantial evidence to go on, no forensics, no eyewitness, no admission of guilt, Gardy built their case, and uh, Catherine was arrested on April of 1997 and charged with murder and solicitation to commit murder. Wow. So, the case becomes fucking crazy, one of the most talked about in the country, and Catherine, 
her, she had this like smirk whenever she'd walk out of the courtroom and it turned into this public spectacle. And then the first trial, when it went to trial, it collapsed in nine days because it came known that the jury could be overheard like in the hallways and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like when the jury's like, let's go quietly talk about this in a way that no one's supposed to fucking hear. I guess someone like left their mic on or some shit. Someone must have left the speaker system or like leaned against a wall. Isn't that why they make a jury room so that you go inside and shut the door? Yeah. Not in Ireland. It's all hallways out here? (laughs) All right, well, quick suggestion. Go ahead and put the jury in a room. (laughs) It works. It works. When the second trial... (laughs) Oh, I think she's guilty. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you all sound like to me. When the second trial then has to start, uh, Justice Mella Carroll said she was like, oh, fuck this shit, because the focus of the trial had become about Catherine's appearance and demeanor, and she was like, this isn't going to fucking happen. Uh, and she said the tabloid press had gone batshit, those are my words, over <laughs> the case, and so many, there were so many twists, and I, the IRA was rumored to be involved, and much of the focus had become about Catherine herself. Can, can you tell me what she looks like? She looks like Fergie <laughs> had a sister who, who chain smoked. Yes. And fucking didn't condition her hair. Okay. So a good friend of mine. <laughs> It's like someone I would absolutely hang out with. And Tom, her uh, Tom looked like um, an Irish Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Then I guess we should do those at the top. Yeah. Picture, if you will, Fergie. <laughs> but she's fallen a long, long way. Yeah, a hard Fergie. A hard, smoky Fergie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, um, it's whichever you want it to be, honey. Yeah. So, da, 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 da. Okay, so the, the, everything in the, the, all the articles talk about her description and uh, photos of her. So, so photos of her are prohibited for, uh, in arri- arriving and leaving court are prohibited as as commenting on they're not, they're not allowed to line them up in the hallway no where everyone's like her look power at her walk. there no power walk you know <laughs> um, also are uh, prohibited comments of her hairstyle dress jewelry nail varnish reading matter or demeanor in court so they can't be like she was laughing her ass off during the test they can't say that and she had red nails yeah. like a slut yeah <laughs> And I read some of the, like, uh, you know, the, the wording, and it was so fucking, like, dramatic. The black widow with her <laughs> claws of red. Like, it was really over the top, but whatever. She, da, 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 she said about Catherine, she's, quote, entitled to wear to court what she wants without it being dissected, which I'm like, I like this Miss Justice Mella Carroll set person. <laughs> and then, basically, okay, so here's, here's the uh, case against her. Basically, there's these... Three dudes who are said to testify that Catherine tried to solicit them to murder Tom. And in order to arrive at a guilty verdict on the count of murder, the jury has to be convinced by one 
or more of them that it's that it's true. So uh, without solicitation to murder, without them believing one of those dudes, there's no finding of murder. Does that make sense? Like she's not connected if one of those guys doesn't say she's connected. Exactly. Got it. Um, so the credibility and reliability of these three potential would-be hitmen um, are really what's at stake here. So the first dude is a guy named William McLean in Dublin in the mid nineteen. 19- in Dublin in the mid-1980s. All right. Uh, That's a totally separate story. <laughs> That's about you 2 when they first started. Oh my God. It was before the yellow glasses mm. when Bono was down to earth. <laughs> McLean. <laughs> Good one. Thanks. He says that, okay, so they had had a sexual relationship in the mid-80s, and, but it wasn't until four years later that she contacted him to say that she wanted a job done. He said that Catherine mentioned a figure of about 20,000 euros. Pounds? pounds? Fuck. It's pounds. I know it is. I know it is. Where'd you get euros? I don't know. Because we're in Europe? (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing with um, Roman Roman numerals. I'm just like, no, la, la, la. Missed that day of everything. Um, And told that, she told him that that she would give him 20,000 and that they they could get back together if she she helped him too. (laughs) That was her promise Uh to him. And McLean said to her, quote, no fucking way. And walked away. The next dude to testify was Jerry Heaps, who was a self... It's like, whoa, dude. That's a good name. Yes, it is. He was a self-confessed former IRA man in the 1970s, and he said that Catherine had repeatedly come to him with suggestions on how he might kill her husband. She kept being like, how about this way? What about this way? How about this way? And he said, quote, every time I knocked back an idea, she'd come up with another one. Eventually... He said that she got the message and that he wouldn't help her. It's like a terrible sketch group where you're just like, no, we're not doing that. Rewrite it. Nobody wants that. Heaps. Go fucking rewrite that. (laughs) Uh, And he said that she suggested, why don't, you know, we'll be at dinner at a nice restaurant. He'll have his back to the window. You shoot him. And blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, because the bullet might hit you. And she goes, well, that'll be great. Then he'll die in my arms. Ah. Yeah. So finally, there's a dude named. <laughs> yeah. But also, she's so she's sitting around thinking up scenarios uh-huh. like that. Uh huh. Ten of them, he said at least. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at the bus stop. <laughs> Picture this. Finally, there's a dude named John Jones. He's a TV salesman who I don't understand this princess. Uh, <laughs> Sinn Fine Advice Clinic? Sinn Fein. You could have asked this princess. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know what an advice clinic is. It's fine. It's for both of us. Okay. A political party? It's a political Thank party. Thank you. Thank you. Princess Prince. table. <laughs> he told the jury that she had suggested the proposition of getting, of his getting the IRA to shoot her husband. And again, she told, uh, was requested this a number of times wanted a botched holdup, which is what ended up happening, but he refused to help her. So they all said they refused to help. Um, Catherine, of course, denies all these allegations. She's, (laughs) I read this and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Tom was a big, big part of my married life and he always will be. (laughs) Her husband? That's the fucking (laughs) point of marriage. (laughs) 
You can't even bullshit well. You know what? I'm going to be honest. This marriage isn't just about me. It's also about the person I marry. It's a big part of my married it's life. It's like 70-30. <laughs> of course, she paints herself as a victim, that she was devastated by Tom's death. She adamant that she had been tied up by the home intruders with Lalaclava. Lalaclava, yeah. Um, tells the jury that her husband was a disciplined alcoholic who would stay up drinking on his own in the pub all night, which is like, yeah, so would I, but that doesn't mean he's like a fucking gonna get killed or anything. Also, a disciplined alcoholic. Yeah. Is, that's a, that'd be a fun thing to visit, maybe at a different time. Now, hold on. I mean... <laughs> um, but, 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 but. Prosecution says that Catherine probably let the killers into the pub or had keys for them and that they had inside super inside information and superb intelligence. So mm. shut up, Catherine. <laughs> After 42 days of trial evidence um, and the jury hearing from 170 witnesses, the jury takes 29 and a half hours to deliberate, which is a record at the time, which is like crazy. Short or long? Long. Okay long. Everyone in America is like, let's just chill here for a couple weeks. Yeah, they, seriously. It goes on and on. Yeah. Catherine uh, remained poised and stared straight ahead when they returned with a guilty verdict on all four charges of murder and soliciting to murder. Wow. Yeah. Uh, judge... Then she pulled out a big, long cigarette and was just <laughs> like, fuck it, I'm going to jail anyway. <laughs> Benson and Hedges. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a good smoke. Judge Mella Carroll said, quote, you had your husband assassinated and you also tried to assassinate his character. In April of 2000, uh, she, uh, Catherine is sentenced to life in prison at 49 years old. Shit. Life. Yeah. Tom's family said they were happy with Catherine's attempt. They were happy that Catherine's attempt to destroy their Tom's character was rejected by the jury. Yes. Okay. Then in late August... 2017, just back there. Just right over there? Right behind us. Okay. She's granted full-time compassionate leave due to her need of -of end-of-life care after being diagnosed with a brain tumor. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Brain tumor! Cancer Society? Yes. Of of all the things that happen in these rooms when we do these shows, it's moments like that that, like, I feel so bad for the staff. Yeah. (laughs) They're not fans. They don't understand what's happening. They're like, they're cheering for fucking brain tumors in there. We also trash the green rooms. Like, these fucking bitches. (laughs) These nuts bitches. Uh... So, on February 20th, which is, like, closer back there, 2018, just right there, um, now 67-year-old Catherine Nevin died at a hospice. She's... Go ahead. Well, it's allowed. This is the only place you can do that, so get it out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Please don't cheer at any other hospices. Ever. Everyone was really scared because she still owned the plot of land where Tom was buried and, they, and she owned the one next door to him. Next door? And, but they were like, if she fucking buries herself there, we're going to be pissed. But she didn't. She, she did cr- not bury she herself there? Gets, didn't do that. Good, good, good. She's Because cr- that would have been a zombie situation <laughs> that would have kicked this thing into high gear. 
Instead, she's cremated at a private ceremony, and she took the secret of who killed Tom to her grave. Oh. Jack White's Inn is still open today with the same name above the door. Wow. After party there. <laughs> Fuck, man. And that's your Black Widow, Catherine Evan. And the wow. Wow. Evan. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you. You touched this. I know. I was grabbing at it. All right. Thank you. I'm going to take away from that murder that, that Fergie tried to have Prince Andrew killed. I, that's just, <laughs> that's how I'm going to remember that one in my head. We, d- we literally have time for a quick Yeah, hometown. let's do A quick okay. hometown. But so, first, first there are rules, friends. Quick rules for the hometown. It needs to be, no, you stop talking. You've just disqualified yourself. God damn it. <laughs> Here's the rules. It's her birthday. Shut up. It's, it's anybody's birthday. Um, it's my birthday coming up, yeah, too. Yeah, two days. <laughs> I stole your birthday glory from you. I have the microphone. I have the microphone. What if I gave her the other one? <laughs> yeah. Now you have the microphone. Um, okay, here's our rules for the hometown murder. It would be nice if it was local, very close to Dublin. That's what we appreciate. We don't want it. Shut the fuck up. We don't want... No, how, uh, no hometown murders from America, for Christ's sake. Nothing from France, obviously. Um, that's a given. Also, just remember, when you get picked, everyone else hates you, so you should keep it snappy. Mm-hmm. You should tell that story. You can be drunk, but not so drunk that you can't follow your own train of thought. Because mm-hmm. we've had that a couple times. It's not pleasant or fun. Um, and then I think that's it, right? Yeah. Okay, now it's up to Georgia. I'm on a roll. Let's see. So, She's on a roll. She Princess, knows her shit. Do you have, a, you have one? You promise? Okay, get up here. Our princess is coming up. Walk over to Vince. And look, yeah, Vince is right there. He's going to walk she you up. She was going to walk. She was going to. There he is. I think she was going to climb right up onto that stage. I, I think too. she was ready to just roll on up. I did too. Did you, you like remember death what her roll name was? onto the stage? That would have been what painful, right? Alwyn. Alwyn! <laughs> At all night. Oh, how's sorry, it going? This is very nervous. I know, right? It's uh, yeah, no. So, um, basically, Where are you from? Uh, I well, all over the place. My parents are Dublin, but um, I was born in Tipperary and then lived. Uh, uh, Kill Sheelan, represent. Oh, um, <laughs> is that the high school? Uh, no, just okay. the small town um, of uh, Clonmel. Can I interrupt <gasps> you really quickly? Oh, sh- okay. We, do you know how to say my favorite murder in Gaelic? Because someone had the shirt on. Someone made a shirt of it, and we'd love to hear what it sounds like. Can't do it? Get out of here. <laughs> ah, disqualified. Uh, don't give him that. <laughs> You're asking for you a world never or her. stop regretting okay, it. Okay, tell us your hometown in the Okay, we'll do that after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one day I was uh, walking to school with my sister, how old were you? And I was about 11, 12. This is a really good start, by the way. I'm super stressed uh-huh. out. Okay. <laughs> so I'm walking to school, and I notice 
as I'm walking along, there's various people crying Uh-oh. along the street. It's always a bad sign. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Like, I never watched uh, the news or the TV before I would go to school. We just had our breakfast and then went. Yep. Um, so we're walking along and... Uh, so I get to school and everybody's crying and I'm like, okay, what is going on? And the next thing, um, somebody tells me that um, a guy that I went to school with in primary school, which is our younger years. Um, <laughs> we know. <laughs> we do uh, know a couple things. Basically, he was stabbed by his friend. <gasps> um, so he, they, one of them, they both were out playing. Wait, sorry, how old? Uh, so, nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Um, they were both out playing, and they found a dog. And they were like, oh, this dog's mad cute. Let's bring it home. <laughs> okay. So, they brought it to my friend, well, this guy that I knew that I went to school with, Jonathan Kelly's house. So, they brought it to the house. And... Uh, then eventually uh, they had an argument about who was going to actually take the dog oh, man. back. And the nine-year-old, um, from what we know, took a knife out and stabbed Jonathan. Holy shit. Wow. Um, and Jonathan wound up in hospital, but eventually did die from his injuries. So I actually have no idea what happened to the nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, I know we heard that for at one point... <laughs> what? They want to know what happened to the dog. God you only knows. Fucks. Sociopath. dead. Sociopaths. Insane. Um, so was the whole town just fucking Yeah, no, bananas? everybody was messed up because it was also um, in one of the council estates, which is the social housing in Ireland. Mm. It was one of, and it was, um, <laughs> yeah, so like, and it, it was a small community. Like, Wicklow was a small community. Um, no, shush, shush, shush. No, the, the dog doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's why Kelly. she's up here. <laughs> Jonathan Kelly died yeah. at the age of 11. Yeah, that's oh. fucking insane. Uh, what a crazy thing to go through as a little kid. Yeah, but it, like, it, it didn't really... like There was other things that happened later on in life and stuff like that. Like This was kind of like... I, I knew him. I went to school with him from when I was a young kid. Yeah. And you don't know anything about the nine-year-old or what? No, did they? Like, that was the other thing. Like people were saying that they went to England, that they ran away, that the mom took the child and went, and it just nothing. I never heard anything else. Whoa! Wow. Yeah. So it was um, a very strange moment. Yeah. Google that. <laughs> John Kelly. Okay. Wow. wow. Big low town. That's insane. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. thank you for coming up thank here. For your help. Keep that microphone. (laughs) The microphone is yours to keep. It's chocolate. (laughs) The microphone is what you win at the end of telling that. Um, Wow, I can't believe we've already done two shows in Dublin. You guys, this has been so incredible. You guys. (sighs) 
we always say this, but this is like the most insane thing that's ever happened to us. And we're so grateful to all of you guys for letting us do this as a job. Yeah. And we are still pinching ourselves. It's, it's unbelievable. And also just, it was very cool of you, Dublin as a city, to sell out two nights in a row here to kick this thing off. It's, uh, it's just very funny. We talk about this all the time. Like, this started as, an, honestly, a conversation between two people who are fascinated by true crime stories. And now we are in Dublin, Ireland, talking to you guys about yeah. it. And it's, it's so awesome. We're so grateful for it. And what a perfect city to start our European tour in. Totally. It's been so amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank Dublin. You. Please stay sexy. And, and don't get murdered.